Let's talk shoes for a moment. If you didn't know, my closet is all about my shoe obsession. And I love a comfy shoe as much as I love to struggle to walk in a foreign stiletto. I wanted to get you hip to Tom's shoes, some of the most comfortable shoes I've ever purchased. Disclaimer, I'm an affiliate and super excited to introduce them to you. From slip-ons to sneakers, flats, heels, and wedges, they have you covered. And they're in business to improve lives. For every $3 that they make, they give away $1. Check out their fun new styles at the link in the show notes and get a spring in your step. Yes, honey, it's almost spring. Can you believe it? Try some on. I bet you live in them. And let me know what color you select. You're listening to Sweet Bites with Sandra with your host, Dr. Sandra Coltimedisi. Follow on Instagram and Facebook at Dr. Sandra Coltimedisi, the podcast and lifestyle Instagram at Sweet Bites with Sandra. And for upcoming course announcements, follow College of Style on Instagram as well. Hi, I'm Sandra, and I'd like to invite you to subscribe and listen to my new podcast, Sweet Bites with Sandra. Satisfy your entrepreneurial sweet tooth in each episode full of digital business tips, inspiring interviews, asides from my entertainment career, and rewards to celebrate your sweet success. Find Sweet Bites with Sandra on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Thank you for joining me on Sweet Bites with Sandra. I am so excited to be with you today. This is episode 14 of Sweet Bites with Sandra, the podcast. And on this episode, I'm calling this Deliver the Bite because my special guest with us today is Jess Burns. She is the Vice President of Brand and Creative Marketing for Grubhub and Seamless. And she has a ton of great, great takeaways for you today. So definitely stick around for the interview. Interview, and let's get right to it. On every episode, I love to give you some business tips. And today I want to talk about podcasting because you're listening to my podcast. <laughs> and if you are someone who wants to start your own podcast, I wanted to give you three things that are very important for starting your own podcast. I was definitely a new person to podcasting. I had never listened to one before. I listened to one with one of my friends and I was into it. And so if you are into it as well, here are a few things that I have learned <laughs> and I know I've learned a lot in this whole podcasting game in just a very short period of time. But these are the three that I think are really important. Number one, know what you're talking about. So have have that topic expertise uh, when you go into setting up your podcast because you want to make sure that you stand out from the field. Number two, make sure you've defined your segments. So that means you've got your intro, maybe you've got some advertisements in between, you've got some mid-roll ads and post-roll ads. You want to set it up so that you know exactly what is coming next. So that will help you pre-plan your podcast and also get it out of your body, get it out of your, you know, your brain easier when you're thinking about, okay, well, this is what's gonna come next. So I need to make sure that I'm introducing it as I'm going to commercial or bringing it back full circle when I come back in from commercial. That that's really important. And the last thing is set a schedule for yourself. Set a schedule for your podcast so that you are consistently meeting your expectations for yourself. And then also that so that you're showing up for your audience. So if you say, I'm going to have a podcast every Thursday, well, make sure you have a podcast every Thursday because consistency wins. And it is really important to show up for your audience because if you say that you're going to do it and you don't show up, 
they may just forget about you or they might think, oh, well, they fell off. What are they doing? You know, like they have that they might leave a comment someday on your podcast, like, where'd you go? So make sure that you do those three things. Number one, know your topic. Number two, define your segments. And number three, set a schedule for both yourself and for your podcast. And speaking of podcasting, so I am introducing a new podcast time slot, and that is obviously we have a podcast that comes out every Thursday, which is Sweet Bites with Sandra, and I am going to pull some of my Extra Bite segment into a new day on Tuesdays. I'm excited to bring that to you. So not just one time a week, but two. So listen for that. Make sure you hit those notifications so it comes into your inbox and you are notified when that new episode comes in every Tuesday and every Thursday, Sweet Bites with Sandra. Are you looking for a webinar platform that really has your back? For me, I do a lot of webinars and I do a lot of lecturing and speaking and and I really feel like I need something that's simple. I don't need something that's complicated. I want something that's able to take my message, distribute it, have a live option, but also be able to automate. For me, Webinar Ninja does the trick and I definitely highly recommend it for you too. So if you're looking for a webinar platform, check out Webinar Ninja on my software solutions page. Just go to www.sandracoltonmedici.com forward slash software dash solutions. So on Twitter, I posted that I have become a Canva creator. And somebody asked me, well, how did you do that? So it's really simple. Um, I know that they are in a beta phase for their program, and it actually took a little bit for me to hear back from them. I am so into this design aspect of my business and really creating brand recognition for clients that I really wanted to put that stuff out there for other people to use as templates on Canva. So if you go into my show notes, I have a link where you can submit yourself and apply to be a Canva creator. I know that for me, it helps me understand what people like and what people don't because it shows up on my dashboard. It shows up and and people will download it a certain amount of times and you'll say, oh, okay, that one's hidden. And then if it's not, okay, well, that's a miss. So I need to, you know, revamp and decide, okay, well, am I designing for me? Am I designing for other people? What things are really resonating with my Canva audience? And and then I just kind of go from there. So um, Um, definitely check out the show notes so that you can become a Canva creator yourself. Just in time for Valentine's Day, I wanted to give you a sweet bite to indulge in from Baked by Melissa. I love their cupcakes. And as an affiliate, I love passing their sweet deals on to you. So take advantage today of their Sweet Thinking of You 25-pack box and share them or don't. (laughs) Either way, they're delicious. Find the link in the show notes and on my blog. Enjoy celebrating your loved ones this February and all year long. So let's take a call from one of our listeners. So normally I take a listener calling question, but this week I wanted to talk to you about a question that my husband had about one of the websites that he was visiting for his aquascaping. He actually asked, well, I wonder if they have an e-gift card that I can, you know, tell your mom or your grandmother or whatever, when they were trying to buy me a present, that that's where I want them to buy it from. And I said, well, any website that doesn't have an e-gift card option is not worth their weight on the web. And then I realized, right as I said that little snarky comment, I don't have one on my website. So I immediately created one and you can definitely go to my website and 
find an e-gift card if you're in the, in the gift giving mood. Um, but definitely take that tip because I took it right away and make sure that you're on the cutting edge. You're on the cusp of how people are gift giving, not just during the holidays, but all year round, especially in light of the digital acceleration. You really want to have every single tool in your tool belt to make it happen for your business. If you have a question that you would like answered on Sweet Bites with Sandra, the podcast, feel free to call 401-216-5059, leave a voicemail, and you too could be featured on the podcast. Welcome back to Sweet Bites with Sandra. I'm so excited to be joined by my new friend. Her name is Jess Burns, and she is the VP of, of Brand Marketing and Creative at Grubhub and Seamless. So thank you so much for joining me. Thanks for having me, Sandra. Yes. Well, it it is a lovely day. And what we're going to be talking about today, I wanted to get into some of your expertise as far as brand marketing. So when you are doing your particular position right now, what do you think is the hardest part of your daily work? I think pre-COVID was prioritization. I have the privilege of leading in an, an amazing team of creative marketers with tons of energy and drive that are inspired by the world and want to be able to infuse that into, you know, everything that we do at Grubhub and Seamless. And so prior to COVID, it was just prioritization. How do we create really clear focus? But now I would say that my focus, my hardest part of my, my days these days are focusing on the, the wellness of the team and supporting them during this really turbulent time and in working from home and being able to, you know, operationalize this is really hard. So my team is my biggest focus and a a daily challenge to make sure I'm supporting them to the fullest. When we're looking at some of these challenges, I mean, there's no manual, you know, there's no, (laughs) there's no go-to like, oh, I have something for that. Um, You know, so, so when you're thinking about some of those challenges that, you know, your employees are facing and your team, how do you go about, you know, having the right thing to say, you know, at the right Mm -hmm. moment? I pride myself on, on being a pretty um, involved and accessible leader. And so I would say that I don't always get it perfect, but I ask for a lot of feedback. And that feedback has helped me like string together at least a pseudo makeshift playbook for when, you know, COVID happens or, you know, when, you know, moments around the election or supporting my team during, you know, um, Black Lives Matter and, and some of the protests. And I think they have helped me think through how to best communicate and support them during this time. And I feel like we've learned so much as leaders over the course of this year. I, I feel like we need to like take all of that energy and learnings and put it into crisis comms playbook. Right. I'm sure there's there's probably a few that are coming out in 2021. So. Well, so, I mean, you can't anticipate something like this, but what do you think are some of the, the lessons that you've learned over your career? I mean, you have a very high level position, so you've been at different rungs along the way. What are some of the best practices and lessons that you've learned that if you hadn't had that moment, that experience, you, you know, you don't know if you'd be at this point, you know, so if, if somebody's kind of in that truck, you know, like trucking along. And what is one thing that you know that you have experienced that could help them? Sure. I, I usually break it down actually into th- to three different things that have like guided my career. Um, I think the first is just like, 
being curious and continuing your own um, education. I, I, what I like to say for my team is um, we need to have like our team's learning agenda, but you also need to have your own personal learning agenda. Marketing and media landscape has transformed transformed so quickly. When I, you know, first started in this industry to this point, every year is has accelerated into new ways of thinking, new ways of investing in how to reach kind of consumers, and so I think in order to be uh, relevant is creating that own personal learning agenda. So I think that's super critical. I think the second thing is openness to change and new ideas. I always say that sacred cows are a creativity killer. I think, uh, you know, marketers, especially with a lot of experience, I bring a lot of years with me, but if you establish those sacred cows, I think they are a barrier to innovation and creativity. So you have to be open, uh, especially in, in differing point of views. And I think the third thing that is really critical, and especially when you're coming up with new ideas, new concepts, and want to execute them quickly is bringing people along with you during the journey versus updating them at the end. I think sometimes when we think about marketing, specifically brand marketing, it's a little elusive. It's like, well, what do you do? What's the, the secret sauce? What's the magic? And I think bringing people along the way into your thought process is going to help you execute ideas, help evolve your career, help you get to kind of the next stage in, in a more efficient way. Well, so I know that we, you just mentioned like, what do you do? <laughs> you know, I, I get that question all the time. They're like, so you say that you do this. So what exactly does that mean? So, as, and, and for maybe somebody who's not ever, you know, been in brand marketing, what is, what are some of the daily tasks that you are charged with? The most important thing is understanding our consumers, uh, what their, their mindset is, um, how they're interacting with our brands and developing strategies to better connect and reach them to drive brand affinity and brand, and, and, and brand love. And what are some of those things? It's developing clear strategies to connect to these consumers, uh, be it a messaging strategy, be it carving out a white space that we think is going to help us win over a certain segment. Uh, it is coming up with a robust content strategy that is going to drive awareness around our brand and engage with consumers across all the channels that we operate in. And I, I think the, the third thing is really thinking through innovation. What are the ways, be it new channels, new media opportunity, new partnerships, where we can continue to elevate our brand and, and reach new consumers? So that's a bit of my remit. I would say, though, that, you know, in order for the brand marketing team to be successful at Grubhub, it's really about supporting and understanding all aspects of the business and showing up and communicating how important it is for not brand marketing to be siloed, but to be it, for it to be infused across everything that we do as, as a business. Yeah. Well, there are people who have benefited and done really well during, um, you know, this crazy crisis. And then there have people who have completely just crashed. And so Grubhub, I feel like is probably on the the better side of things, you know, because it was a need that was um, being fulfilled. So did you see any kind of, you know, um, uptick or downtick as far as what this year has brought to, to your landscape? So this year has been very interesting, I think, for all industries, particularly our industry, because we went from uh, non-essential service to essential service overnight. 
So our business completely transformed in what we quickly had to stand up and develop to meet the needs of this, like, you know, the, the, this challenging environment we're in, you know, people were sheltering in place, restaurants were shut down. Our, our primary goal was how do we serve our customers, restaurants, and diners to make sure that they can get the food that they need and that restaurants can continue to thrive and really keep their lights on. So, you know, what I've told people over the last year is like, we've developed more products and tools and resources in a year than we have in in many years. And that's a testament to the team that we've been able to come together from a work from home, from home environment and quickly um, and in an agile way develop these new features. And I would say, you know, you talked a little bit about performance and profitability. What's really important for us is we realize that the restaurant industry has been ravaged by this. And we are investing all of our time and energy and resources to make sure we are supporting them. We are giving them tools. We are driving demand. We are thinking about how to be an extension of our business so they can make it out of this like crazy time, stronger and more equipped and really be able to be more resilient the next, hopefully not the next time this happens, but if there are other, you know, uh, crisis things that happen along the way. Right. Well, so as far as, you know, meeting the demand, I mean, you, you're doing a lot and I wanted to ask you about a different aspect of some of the things that you're in, into right now, which is um, the organization Chief and what its yeah. mission is and what work um, that this organization is currently doing. So if you could talk about that a little bit, that'd be great. Yeah. Thank you for asking me that question, by the way, because I, I love Chief. Um, I was luckily, lucky enough to be one of its founding members in New York. Now they're expanding to Chicago and LA. But essentially, you know, Chief was created to develop a network of um, women at kind of the VP and C-suite level to serve as both a support system, but also a resource to help them continue to you know, evolve their careers and really reach the next level. You know, it's been really transformative to me because it's allowed me to have a core group of peers that I can relate with. You know, oftentimes you've probably heard this before. It's, it's lonely at the top, especially as a woman at a, a tech company. There are not many of us. So having the opportunity with Chief to be in the same room, well, virtually these days with women that have made it and are inspiring and can help me troubleshoot issues that I have has been transformational. And then the second part of of Chief is really providing workshops and resources to support us when, you know, we have challenges in the workplace and we need to kind of maybe navigate a, a career transition or we need to navigate as you know an entrepreneur, like how am I going to get that next round of, of funding? So their work is long overdue. And I'm hoping that over time as more women at, at, at my level and above are part of this organiz- organization that we're going to be able to kind of break the class ceiling and have more seats at the table, both in big <laughs> corporations and on boards. 
Yes. Well, I keep breaking it, right? Um, <laughs> you know, because I feel like after the the first initial ceiling has, you know, fallen, there's going to be a, like some other invisible layer that is just yeah. always there, <laughs> yeah. um, you know, to go through again. So um, I commend you for that work and, and just inspiring people to, you know, to be together because it's not like you said, loneliness at the top is not some place that is a great feeling. And so when you have that kind of community, it is, you know, obviously groups can move people forward instead of just, you know, Hey, I'm the only one here, you know, like how, how great is that? <laughs> Absolutely. You know? I mean, it's been such an invaluable support system and I've, they started about two years ago and I've been, um, been there since day one. And there is, a level of energy that I haven't seen before in organizations like this that have supported women. So I'm excited about what next steps look like with Chief. Nice. Well, so you've had a, a varied career. I mean, you're with Grubhub and Seamless now, but you have worked with Jockey and, you know, um, and been in like, and that's, that's like a, a completely different space, I feel like. I mean, it might mm -hmm. be the same kind of work, but different, you know, you know, it's, it's apparel and it's, you know, so when you're thinking about campaigns, what, what is the secret sauce? I know we talked about secret sauce and everybody wants to know what it is, but I want to know what yours is as far as putting together maybe a winning campaign. First and foremost, I think that it's important to be human when you are tackling, you know, any new ideas and campaigns. Um, I think sometimes marketers can lose sight of what it, what it is like to be human and how you communicate to other humans through the marketing work that you do. You know, we often get trapped in kind of like the salesy jargon, things like that. And I think more than ever before, it's really kind of breaking that down and relating to, um, you know, your customers, your consumers on a, on a human level. And, you know, how do you get to that point? You get to that point through talking to your customers to, um, you know, through all the quant and qualitative research that we do, like really digging into those insights and infusing that in, in your work. Um, you know, oftentimes I'll say to my team, like, is this something that your friend or your mom will understand? And if they don't, like we're not do, doing our job right. So I think carrying that with you is, is su super important and continuing to put yourself in the shoes of your customer at the starting point of any new, idea, brand campaign, big marketing initiative is critical. That is the secret sauce. If you don't understand your customer, you're going to fail every time. Well, so I know that you have worked with, um, on the agency side, which I yeah. wanted to talk about a little bit. So in different, uh, job postings and descriptions, you know, they want people who have been on the agency side. So can you describe um, maybe the pace of agency work and what, you know, what they're looking for? Because I know that you've worked with Laird and Partners. Is that how you Yeah. Okay. So I, um, you know, I, I started out in, in marketing on the agency side. I had the privilege of working at, you know, big Madison Avenue shops, Gray and Gary Bowen and Laird, as you mentioned. And you know, as far as getting your foot in the door, it depends on what your role is, right? So like if you're a creative person, if you're a creative director or a writer or an art director, getting your foot in the door means, you know, potentially going to ad school and portfolio school and building up that experience is really critical. I think on the account management brand strategy side, you know, it's really understanding the creative process and being able to 
embrace that um, because it's very different from agency and client side. And I, and I think also having a track record of influencing ideas and selling them in is really critical as well. You know, an ad agency's job is to be disruptive, you know, to be the change agent, to come up with new ideas. But oftentimes, and I know this having now being on the client side, that can be met with a brick wall. And I think being able to be the translator of, you know, creative ideas and how they're going to impact uh, a, a business is really, really critical. And I think like for those folks that have been years on the marketing side, tons of client side experience that then want to go to an agency. I think bringing all that rich client side marketing knowledge with you into an agency environment to be able to kind of like evolve the way that agencies work. Um, Because as you've read in probably a lot of trades, like the agency model is, is evolving to better benefit clients and, you know, changing media landscape. Um, So having kind of that insider knowledge and being able to help influence the um, evolution of agencies, I think is, is really important. Well, so I have one question that I've been asking people recently, um, and that is, what is the buzzword in meetings that you are so tired of hearing? One I heard um, viral. I heard <laughs> um, what's a uh, big idea. Are there words in meetings that you're like, I am over that for 2020. And in 2021, I'd like to replace it with X, Y, Z. You know, I think that influencer is a really played out word. I think we have a, like a very narrowly defined definition of what an influencer is. And at the end of the day, you know, these folks are commanding, you know, a ton of reach and audiences and creating amazing content. And I think that we need to redefine them as, you know, artists, creators, marketers in and of themselves. So I think influencer is very one-dimensional and needs to be evolved. I actually was going to say, just to be totally honest, viral, because that is still out there. And what I was going to say is like, (laughs) I was going to juxtapose that with let's not focus on like an idea going viral. That is the not the main KPI. I think is what we need to evolve to is how do you capture attention and retain that over time? It's by building relationships with your customers. And to me, that is Mm -hmm. 2021, a buzzword, but that is going to extend beyond. Um, I think that is critical, you know, as brands like ours, we have so much first party data and being able to translate in a way that is going to develop a better relationship experience for our customers is like, to use your words, the secret sauce. And I think the brands that can do that really well are the ones that are going to survive. Awesome. So we have another one, <laughs> influencer, which I totally agree with because as a, you know, because I come from the performance side uh, of things in my, you know, original career as an entertainer and entertainers are marketers, you know, at, at the end of the day, you're your own publicist, you're your own ad agency, you are your, you know what I mean, all your half the time you're your own talent agent, um, you know, so I totally get it. And they are in, the, in and of themselves influencers but they are artists. And so not every influencer is an artist, but there, there are many creators out there who are doing so many, um, you know, their reach, like you said, is far and wide. And whether they're a micro blogger, you know, whatever it is, you know, they, they have this sort of 
pulse. They've got the pulse. And, and that to me is really significant. And sometimes mm -hmm. they're being waved off as just an influencer. Where they really live is in the hearts and minds of all these other people. Like you said, will your mom mm -hmm. understand it? Will your friend understand it? Well, this person understands it and they understand me. So, you know, they're having that sort of relationship. And that's where, like you said, teams need to be in the in the thick of that data to understand mm -hmm. the clients or customers um, and consumers and their behavior to really get to giving them what they want. You know what I mean? So really. Totally. Yeah. And like they have the benefit of like such such engaged communities where almost in real time, you know, they create a piece of content, they throw it up, their community gives them like almost instantaneous like feedback on it. And that is so valuable. And I just, I think they're underestimated, as you said, as really talented marketers. And, you know, what's interesting is you even see outside of just like creators and artists and, and other talent like that, you're seeing like even celebrities, like A-list celebrities start to embark on marketing ventures and developing brands. We'll get Ryan Reynolds. Um, you know, he's gone, he's like such a Renaissance guy right now. He's gone from, you know, talented actor to investing in mobile, like with Mint to developing ads with his new kind of agency he just developed an ad for match if you haven't checked it out it's amazing and it with taylor swift i'm i yeah mm -hmm. yeah and so it's just i think that i'm really excited about this just like mash up of you know who's a creator who's a marketer how can brands work with other creators and celebrity talent to come up with you know new ways of of creating content or you know traditional like marketing campaigns and tv spots and things so we're going to see a lot of pent up creative energy that it's going to explode into like amazing new ideas for us to be inspired by I am looking forward to that. 2021, we are ready for you. <laughs> and we'll be right back. For those of you with big hair like me, you're probably always on the lookout for a good brush. And I mean one that can handle a lot of hair. Well, you're in luck because I found the Shu Uremura Large Paddle Brush. I'm an affiliate and you are about to get those tangles gone today, girl. Check out the link in the show notes and enjoy less stress knowing that your brush is ready to take on your amazing, amazing hair. So this week on the story that I wanted to tell you guys about some of my entertainment career, I wanted to tell you about the time I was a vampire at Kelly Osbourne's birthday party. <laughs> now I know that sounds a little bit like what? <laughs> but when I showed up, I went to work with um, a company that I'd worked with for a long time, E Plus Entertainment, and they were doing this party for her. And it happened to be at the House of Blues here in, uh, in Hollywood on Sunset Boulevard. It's no longer there anymore and I'm so sad about that but at the time it was super cool you know there was there was so much ambiance in the house of blues but this was really really fun because I had never seen this kind of birthday party before like in 
in my life. <laughs> I've been to a lot of birthday parties, but this was huge because it, I think it was her sweet 16, if I'm not mistaken. Um, I'm going to put a photo of myself uh, from that party where I was dressed up as a vampire and I had all the fangs. And I mean, we were in the in the dressing room and they were spray painting us and giving us, you know, false hair and teeth and all this goodness. And it was over the top. And I was like, man, I want to be this birthday girl because this is the best party I've ever seen. When you went into the actual venue, there were all of these things set up as far as um, candy jars. And it was every major candy, like from back in time. Um, you know, things that I hadn't seen in so many years, gobstoppers and things like that. Like everyone who attended the party, they were able to, you know, put their little candy bags together. And I was like super excited about this whole candy situation until I walked outside and saw that she had a food truck from In-N-Out. Now, food trucks were not like all the rage that they are now. But let me tell you, I was like, really? There's a food truck out here with In-N-Out for this birthday party? Like I was I was in awe. And now maybe that happens where you live. But for me, this was like mind blowing. Like, mind blow for this. Um, and so I just wanted to share that with you because a lot of times I tell you about different stories that I have dancing. Um, but I wanted to tell you one where I literally was just part of the ambiance of this like Halloween themed birthday party. And it was so magical. It was so magical because it was just everything came to life in this super spooky way. And I was just excited to be a part of it. Have you been to my shop lately? I have been in the lab and creating new items just for you. Take a look at the decor, the brand new eye collection, and spanking new done for you templates for social media. Yes, <laughs> I told you, I am giving you my A game in 2021. Check it out and buy yourself a little something to reward yourself for making a commitment to yourself to rock 2021 like no other. Just visit www.sandracoltmedici.com forward slash shop today. So last week on the podcast, I mentioned that in Extra Bite, you can become part of my Spotify playlist. So make sure to check out my contact page on my website, www.sandracoltamedici forward slash contact, and you can submit yourself and your music to be part of my Spotify playlist. I love new music and I love putting new people on. And so definitely if you have something to share, I would love to hear it. And if you are into Extra extra bite, make sure that you go to my website, www.sandracoltamedici.com forward slash blog. And because we talked about food trucks, I wanted to give you a list of just my favorite food trucks that I've been to. I know one of the things that my husband and I really love to go to, and I don't even think it's going right now, but first Fridays in Venice. Oh, so much goodness. And so I'm going to, uh, on the blog, www.sandracoltamedici.com forward slash blog, make sure to check out my favorite food trucks in the Sweet Bite. And as always, a sweet reward for you. Make sure to check it out. You can go to the podcast page on my website and scroll all the way down to the bottom to find your sweet reward and how to enter to win a gift certificate to target.com. So I hope that you have a great, great rest of your day. 
don't forget that Tuesdays we now have a new special edition of Sweet Bites with Sandra and I'm super excited to do this because now I will be coming into your listening pods <laughs> wherever you listen more than once a week so definitely stay tuned to that and have a great rest of your week and see you on the next one. I want to put you on to a software that I use every single day. It's called Grammarly and let me tell you it's the world's best grammar checker. I have used it for so many years and it is so good because I I know I'm a, I'm a decent writer and I'm, I bet you probably are too but when you look at some of the sentences that you've written or some of the paragraphs or you tend to probably use the same words over and over and over again it helps you refine your writing you will use it every single day I am an affiliate and I am proud to say that I am boasting about Grammarly. I'm going to put the link in the show notes. Bring it on board as part of your strategy to up your writing game today. If you would like to sponsor an episode of Sweet Bites with Sandra, make sure to send an email to info at including the subject line, be a sponsor.